to the Amplify Her podcast. I am your host, Christina Singh, and the Amplify Her podcast is all about amplifying and uplifting women's voices and stories. I, oh, I don't know why I'm getting so many chills right now. I, I think it's because I'm right where I should be right now. (laughs) I love sitting down and recording this show and oh I'm I'm very excited for next week's episode of the show it's going to be fantastic and I already want to say in advance I'm gonna need to have this guest back on because we just didn't have enough time to dive into all the things so look out for that I also want to mention at the top of the show next Wednesday There is an Amplify Her networking group meeting, and my networking group is a community of women. We come together to talk about, gosh, so many incredible things, but we mostly talk about our careers, career growth, making more money, finding balance in our lives, um, and navigating through transitions. One of the last conversations that we had in our last meeting was all about our relationship with money and all about our childhood, um, what we learned about money through our childhood, examples that were given to us regarding money when it comes to, you know, how we were raised. And it was such a beautiful conversation. And it was just such an important reminder to have these kinds of conversations, to have an open dialogue about money, about our, you know, relationship with money, not just about how much money we're making, but like, what does that mean to us? How, how do we feel when it comes to asking for more money? And like, what do, how do we navigate that? And so um, that was just one of the many incredible conversations that we get to have as a group in in the amplifier networking group and if you want to join us for the next meeting um, you can go to the show notes or you can go to amplifyhermedia.com backslash networking your first meeting is free if you have joined a meeting there is a drop-in fee so i would love to have you back of course or you can join as a monthly member and you get meeting recordings Um, post-meeting and access to um, all of the people who have come to these meetings in the past. Um, And I am excited because I I know we're going to have some people presenting in these meetings coming up, but also next year, um, there are some really exciting things coming down the pipeline for members. So that's, that's my, um, that's my moment to spotlight the Amplify Her Networking Group because it really is so special. And, you know, when I started this podcast, um, I had, you know, inklings of things I would do here and there. Um, I've come back to it. I've stepped away. Um, and right now, um, I, I mean, I, I've introduced new things. I've taken them away or I've ended them. I guess I should say not taking them away. Um, And right now I am finding it challenging 
to be consistent with this show um, and my full-time role and motherhood. And I just want to say that, you know, like, I think it is very challenging to do it all. And my son started 3K last week. Holy moly, it feels like a month, but we're only in the second week of 3K. And this transition has been so new for us, so different, um, because he has to be at school at a certain time. And, you know, I knew that, you know, bringing a kid to school and like having things be like officially school, you know, like it was going to be a transition, but I didn't really anticipate just how big of a transition it would be for us. Um, so prior to my son being in 3k, um, and if you aren't familiar with these school systems and, and what this means, it basically means I live in New York state and in New York state, when kids turn three, they have access to preschool essentially. So school before kindergarten, um, before you get into primary school. So at the age of three children can, you know, enter into free public education, which is phenomenal. And, you know, when I was younger, I did go to 3K um, because I remember I went to the YMCA and I was there for a while. But typically, I think a lot of kids go into preschool at the age of four. At least that's like what I remember. I could be totally wrong (laughs) from my childhood, but Um, you know, there are a lot of studies that show like the earlier that children are in school and the more that they're exposed to lessons and education, the better the outcome and the more stability that they, that they have. And so, um, I was, my husband and I were really nervous to put our son into 3k because, you know, it is official and he was at his daycare center for nearly two and a half years, um, and I have sung the praises of this daycare center. It's Tammy's daycare. Um, she's absolutely incredible. And now that my son is in 3K, it just is like so much more, it's shining so much, so much more of a light on just how incredible this daycare was. Um, but the transition from having all day childcare support until like six, um, and having a little more flexibility in the morning around like drop off, um, you know, going from that to having, you know, a much more structured day as far as timing, um, has been challenging. I'm not going to lie. Like it's been wonderful that we get more time with our son and like my husband and I, we switch off drop off days and pick up days, but it does make afternoons a little more complicated on my end. And that can be really challenging. Um, so basically school ends at two twenty, um, and we can opt into extended care, um, hours until 4 PM, which we previously in our old daycare had until 6 PM. And there are a lot of other schools in the area that do until 6 PM. Um, but the one that we chose goes until 4 PM. And I do want to say like, we had other schools in mind. We were accepted to another school and we opted to pull out of that school because it didn't have an outdoor area. And at first I was feeling like regretful after a while over that because we couldn't find another program for our son. 
But now I do not <laughs> because my son, I mean, maybe you're listening to this and you have children and you're in a similar situation. Like he needs outdoor time. Like he needs outside time to just be a maniac and run around and just like play outside. Um, and so I, I don't regret that now. But I think, you know, what's just different is we have a longer commute to school. So in the morning, we are rushing out the door, like rushing to put his clothes on. And like, if there's any resistance from my son, it's like, very frustrating. <laughs> and so it's just like a practice in patience in timing. But I made like a little chart for him for his morning and evening routine so he can see, you know, what he's doing. And we started using it this morning and he was like very excited. He's He has been very resistant to using the potty at home. But now that he has this little chart, he like saw the next step after like starting to get dressed was like using the potty and he was like very excited to do this and I know this might be TMI into my life but I don't care I know that there are other moms listening out there that can relate um so yeah it's just been like a whirlwind you know I love the fact that we can like get dressed have a routine get out the door it's like very structured I really I think that's like very good for my mental health actually and I'm realizing like oh this is like great structure not only for him but for me um the part where things are a bit more challenging um is in the afternoon so my husband and I switch off um days for pickup and you know he gets out of school we have to pick them up by 4 p.m. And that's the other thing. You have to get there by 8, p- 8 a.m. and pick up by 4 p.m. And the pickup, I totally understand. The 8 a.m., that, that one's hard for me. That one's a little hard for me, I gotta be honest. Because, like, I really, really enjoyed a sliding scale at our daycare of 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. I really enjoyed that. I don't know if other schools are different, but ours is very much like bring him by 8 a.m. You know, we want him there on time and I get it we're showing everyone we can be on time and we can like have a, a, a schedule it's just a little challenging um and I think the afternoon is the part where I'm like oh gosh yeah that's this is different because my husband used to take our son to school and pick him up most days and I would end my day around like 5.30, maybe 5.45, and I would make dinner. So by the time my husband and Liam got home, um, you know, dinner would be ready and everyone would eat. Actually, I feel like only Liam would eat and maybe my husband would graze and I always ate after Liam went to bed. Um, I don't know if you're similar, if there's like too much stimulus. I'm just like, I can't focus and eat. Um, But... Now things are are different where I have to leave really like by 3.20, 3.30 to go get him and bring him back and like entertain my child and like figure out what to do and, you know, also try and get work done in the meantime and like have that balance out. And so I am feeling a little bit of a push and pull around my time in the afternoon Um and feeling like my day hasn't really been complete. So I think 
I think what I just need to do is once my kiddo is out the door at 720 is like I'm getting ready and just working and taking advantage of that extra hour because it is it's been challenging to find the time to be consistent in you know putting this podcast together reaching out to guests um posting online like those are things that weren't as challenging when I just had like a couple extra hours and like I think that um I really value my time in the evening and I I think I'm starting to realize like yes I could hustle in the evening and get things done but I want to spend time with my husband and like I want to have alone time to decompress and like time with my partner to like nourish our relationship um so if I you know, oh, the other thing that is, you know, so all of this feels very official. I'm like, oh, he is in school now, like school, school, which I didn't really realize. (laughs) I knew it, but I was like, oh. And so there are all these things now where, which is, you know, they're incredible. The fact that my son has meals provided for him, like he's fed breakfast and lunch and a snack and like they'll give him snacks to take home. His teacher was like, here's some graham crackers. I saw you guys waiting for the bus like here, you know, here's some graham crackers for the bus ride home. And I was just like, oh, everyone's so nice. Like every everything is like very official and wonderful and gorgeous. They have a printed schedule they give us, the menu for the month, like very, very cool. Like I love it. And it's so helpful. Um, They have themed days at school. So he's going to have like a Mad Hatter day soon. And like they made Rice Krispie treats because it was Rice Krispie treat day. They had dads come and like sit and have breakfast. They had like a dad's morning. And I just adore it. Like I think it's so wonderful. Um, And we have like sunshine meetings with his teacher where it's like a phone call or a check-in just to see how he's doing. And like we get pictures of him at the end of the day. It's just like so lovely. But holy hell does it amplify for me the amount of work that parents do during these times. Like I feel so... I feel such a push and pull around like honoring my career and my ambitions and like being an active parent, especially I can feel it so much more now that he's in 3k. And it's so strange because when I'm immersed in both worlds, I love them so much, but it is challenging to blend the two. And I don't know if anyone listening can relate to this um it's it's like oh a sunshine meeting that's a call during the day you know with my son's school great I thought it was like an in-person meeting and I was like okay I would have to take time out of the day to go and have this sunshine meeting which I can do but it's like it really is a new it's a new world for me it's I'm very used to working throughout the day and not leaving early or like getting pulled from something or doing and you know with my son obviously he's had sick days all the things like there are so many things that 
you know, have come up during his care. But um, this is a much more structured, interactive time in our lives. And I wasn't really expecting it to be so interactive. And which is, I'm not complaining about that piece. And I'm, I'm actually not trying to complain at all. I think I'm just expressing like, oh, this is so much more different than I thought it was going to be. And that's a great thing. Um, I also, you know, love that, like today, the first week he cried and cried and cried when I was leaving and like, didn't want me to go. And today he was like, he saw other kids crying and he's like, what's wrong? And I was like, oh, they're, they're a little sad. They might need a hug. And he went, okay. And like, he waved goodbye to me. Like, I was like, bye. And he's like, bye. Like, (laughs) and I just think this is so incredible for his development. And I am so grateful that we did this and made the decision. We were like initially thinking of keeping him in, in daycare, but we found the school and we're really excited about it. But it's just making me think all of these thoughts that I've had. And I'm so sorry if you do not have children and you're listening to this, but maybe it's great preparation if you want a child. I have no idea. Um, It's just making me think of all the overarching themes that I've discussed on this show with so many women, the conversations that we've had um, in the Amplify Her Networking group all around the division of labor in a home. And it's making me think about, you know, the fact that there are sunshine meetings. There's so much paperwork. We're following up with his doctor, his dentist to get things completed. Um, We need to do a survey on his development and turn it into school. He needs extra, you know, clothes. There's Mad Hatter Day where we're going to get him dressed up like dad day, pick up at a certain time. You know, we can volunteer hours for field trips and all of these things, which is wonderful. But it's like, where does the majority of these, you know, in in the spectrum of like, you know, who in the relationship, who, which parents going to get the most of this? Typically, it's making me think about the larger structure and how much women contribute to the larger structure of their families and how much unseen and unpaid labor not only just goes into running a household and raising children and making sure they're safe and fed and clothed and sent to school, but then they're in school and then you're interacting with school in all of these ways to ensure that your child knows they're cared for and loved and that the school also knows that you want to be an interactive parent and you want to have more, you know, involvement in their care. And, you know, luckily, like I am in a partnership where we talk really open, openly about sharing the load. I was the primary driver behind setting. No, I, I, 100% was the driver behind setting up his preschool, finding it, doing all the paperwork, making sure everything was good to go. Um, And my husband knows that and like was thankful, but also like I had to be like, hey, just so you know, like I did all this, you know, and like, and I'll be honest about that because there are moments where this unseen, unpaid labor 
in even a partnership where you're talking really openly about all the things that you're dividing and conquering together, these moments can be unseen and, you know, not recognized right away. And it's this like wild conditioning that we all have in our society run by patriarchy, run by white supremacy culture, that women bear the brunt and in particular women of color even more so bear the brunt of unpaid and unseen labor in their homes and domestic labor. And, you know, luckily I have a partner that can recognize the things that I've done, step in, acknowledges when things are not balanced or like we can acknowledge like, hey, you're not great at logistics. Like the other day, my husband was like, let's be real. Like you're the planner between the two of us. And my husband's right. He's the executor. He's the one that's like, hey, I will go get this thing done in record speed. (laughs) And I am the planner. I'm like, okay, well, here's where you have to go. Here's all the factors that, you know, are in the mix. And those are great things. But, you know, it can also be hard when sometimes you don't want to be the planner or sometimes you don't want to be the executor. And I think in in the world, women are often the planners and the executors um, when it comes to parenting and when it comes to relationships where, you know, there are no children involved and you're just in a relationship. I have watched my friends make their partner's dinner, put food on the table, and it's like expected and they don't have children. Um, and, you know, I have heard friends mention that, you know, if I don't make him something, he's not going to eat well. And, um, you know, those are conversations that they're having and things that are going on in their relationships. But like, they these things are real and unseen and unheard. And I think bringing them to the the forefront and bringing them to light is just very important for people who might not feel so comfortable having that sort of dynamic in their relationship. If there are people who are comfortable having specific types of, you know, discrepancies or like if one person is doing more at home and and is a caregiver in these ways or, you know, is cooking more and the other person is not, if that's agreed upon and totally fine in that relationship, great. But if it's not, I think a lot of the time, and this is the part where I think there's confusion and like people getting upset. It's like, if this is how things are supposed to be in your relationship, because you've agreed upon that, that's very, very different than something that's unspoken and things that aren't addressed and assumptions that are made and burdens being put on other people. I think that's just like a very, very different scenario. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, just thinking through, I, I just was literally on the way, holding my baby on my hip, walking him into school. I was just thinking like, wow, this is a lot. And like so many women are the drivers of all of this and they're the ones who are putting so much effort into making so much happen 
And I love that we're talking more about it and addressing it and like talking about fairness in a division of labor and like supporting one another. And, you know, I, I think that can be really, really hard to talk about and address and, and be the driver behind that conversation. But I think having it is so important if it's needed. Um, and so, yeah, that's what's, you know, I feel this change in my life impacting, you know, my efforts with Amplify Her Media. And I'm just kind of like gathering my bearings because it kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, I knew it was happening, but we did make this decision rather quickly. And our lives just changed like very quickly. And so I'm I'm gathering my bearings and I, I am sorry for not having, you know, consistency over the past few weeks with the show I just have had a lot going on and um you know there's another piece that I want to talk about when it comes when it comes to like kind of ending things or starting new chapters and um you know if you're a longtime follower of this show first of all thank you like truly can't believe people continue to show up and listen to me and I'm just so grateful and we I've crossed some like personal milestones and in listeners and like it, and listens to the show and I'm just like this is very exciting <laughs> but I you know a while ago I had mentioned that I was launching a podcast network and that I wanted to partner with women who were podcasters and smaller podcast creators to amplify their voices and really put these shows out there and you may have been listening to episodes of my show and you might have heard like ads for these shows and they're incredible women and um I want to name them so Carmen Shields who's the host of Discovering Amazing Possibilities was one of them that joined me she was the first one who was like Carmen is just like so game for so much she's um an introvert and like jumped into the podcast space and was like very nervous and but also is just like constantly like improving upon herself and like opening up to new possibilities. And um, so Carmen was the first one that like joined the network. And then Veronica Castellanos, she was um, the host of the Monster podcast. She doesn't have that show anymore, but she was um, a part of it. And then um, Melly Ramirez, who had the um, Chingonas Only Club um, podcast. And so these three incredible women were a part of this network. And um, I had such high hopes for myself when creating this project and when creating, you know, a space for women. And I completely failed. And I completely um, dropped the ball in so many ways in promoting these shows and having time and taking time to work together with these women. And I have, you know, reached out to them personally, you know, months ago, and you've probably noticed I haven't posted about these shows in a while. Um, and let them know, like, I, I just don't have the capacity to do this. And I'm so sorry. I like, I had the best intentions to, to make this happen. And it just fizzled and failed. And, um, and I want to say like there's something that is so hard and f- but also so freeing about taking radical accountability 
Like, none of these women did anything wrong with their shows. Like, they were incredible. I was the one that didn't, like, get my shit together to, you know, post regularly about their shows, to um, put things out there. And I think what it really taught me, um, which is something that I've been working on with myself for a long time and really, really trying to mitigate is I can't say yes to everything. And I can't say yes to every idea that pops into my head right away. And I can't, I am, I'm overestimating my capacity. And that became abundantly clear and I had someone that wanted to join the network, um, a couple people actually, and I just had to basically let them know like, hey, I'm not doing this anymore. This was months ago. I just haven't openly talked about it yet um, because I just don't have the capacity to do this in the way that everyone deserves, in the way that they deserve like more support, more outreach. And who knows down the line Maybe I can make that happen and really focus on that. But I think part of what this journey is also teaching me is like, I have a deep desire to support women, but I also have a deep desire to support myself through these things. And like, what really came out of this is, huh, I actually don't think I have the capacity to promote myself and all of these other shows at the same time in the way that I really, really want to. Um, Chingonas Only Club and Discovering Amazing Possibilities, they're still, you know, throwing out episodes. They're still amazing. So please, please go listen to them. They're incredible. Um, my, you know, podcast is not going anywhere. Um, but I did just want to like openly talk about how I failed and like openly talk about this failure. And it's not easy for me to talk about. Like it is, it was really hard and I was really, really, I had so many beautiful intentions and like, really, really wanted to make this happen and really wanted to support women in this way. But like, I can't, like, I cannot stretch myself so thin. And what really came out of that revelation and that realization was like, oh, the space where my, I know people throw this term around my zone of genius, but like the space where my talent and my passion and the the way that I can really truly support women in the best and fullest and most beautiful way is through my networking group and is through this membership community and ever since the first meeting I it has felt so right and so aligned and so incredible. And what's so interesting is when I was working on this podcast network, it didn't feel that way. It felt like I was really trying to pull something out of me that was just too challenging for me to do in the moment and too too misaligned and nothing to do with the the women that were a part of it. They're incredible. It was me and my own capability and my own feeling and my own restrictions. And so now that I am running this networking group, that really helped. I mean, that was like very much the 
the catalyst for me to pull the trigger and make the decision to not do this podcast network anymore because I realized like, oh, this is the thing. Oh, talking to women about their careers is the thing. Talking to women about equal pay, making an ask, having all of these conversations behind the scenes where women I know are asking for raises and they're coming to me to talk about it. You know, like those are the things. And I'm not trying to say this from like an egocentric way of like, oh, everyone's coming to me to talk. No, it's just like these are the things that are naturally falling into my lap and the things that are naturally coming out of me. And this networking group where these conversations with these women where they're just blooming into these incredible conversations that not only are people having in this group, but they're then connecting with each other offline. And they're interviewing each other on on their shows or they're working together and collaborating in all these different and it just makes my heart swell. And so I debated coming on and talking about it, but I made an announcement on this show about that network. And I was like, you know what, like, I want to be nitty gritty. I want to talk about my failure and talk about how I wasn't there for for these these women in the way that I wanted to be and um, that that wasn't okay. And now I am showing up in a way where I really can be present and, and more engaged. And it aligns with who I am and who I really want to be. And who knows, again, I might come back to that project in the future. I really had like the best, the best, best intentions. Um, but it's, it was just too hard. <laughs> it was too much. Um, but I do want to say once again, like Veronica, Carmen and Melly were, are incredible women. And I highly recommend going and checking out their stuff. Um, I think I'm going to wrap up the show here because, um, a great, let's end it on failure. <laughs> no, I think we're ending it on understanding your limitations, where, um, where things didn't go right, where they went wrong, owning up to that, and then moving towards the things that feel better and feel right. Um, that that's what feels, that feels like a good place to stop. Um, I will see you next Wednesday with a phenomenal interview with an incredible woman. Um, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Amplify Her podcast. Um, And then also look out for a solo episode next Friday. And don't forget the next Amplify Her networking group meeting is on October 4th, next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And head to AmplifyHerMedia.com backslash networking to sign up. As I end today's show, I just want to remind you, never ever forget that your voice matters and your story matters. And I will see you next week. Bye everyone. I am so grateful that you've listened to this episode of the Amplify Her podcast. If you're listening to this and you don't follow the show, one thing that would help the show tremendously is if you open that Apple app, if you're listening to it on Apple, 
click on the title of the show and on the top right hand corner, click that plus sign so you don't miss an episode. Not only does it help me to grow this show, but it helps you to be in the loop when episodes drop every Wednesday and every Friday. If you're listening to this show on Spotify, click on the show title of this episode to take you to the full listing of them and click follow. That way you won't miss a new episode as it comes out. For more information about the Amplify Her podcast, Amplify Her media, and the Amplify Her networking group, head to www.amplifyhermedia.com.